Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. We have the United Rail crew back on with us, Jenny and Anna. How are you guys? We're good. Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We're stoked to have you back on. Where are you girls right now at the moment? I am currently in Flagstaff, Arizona, so as far away from salty water um, as possible. I wish I was much closer. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, so I'll be hitting up the beach this afternoon. (laughs) Sick. How's the weather in uh, Arizona and Florida? It's like June gloom, May gray here. It's so bad. Blue skies here. I can't complain. (laughs) God, you guys are living a lot. So for everybody listening in that hasn't heard of what you guys are doing, give us a little overview on what you guys are all about and a little rundown on what you guys are doing with United Row. So my name's Anna. And this is my teammate, Jenny. And together we are known as United Row. <laughs> so United Row is our team name. And next year on June 12th, 2024, we will be setting off rowing across the Pacific Ocean. And this is known as the world's toughest row. It's expected to take us about 60 days, leaving from Monterey Bay, California, and rowing 2,800 miles to Kauai, Hawaii. So sick. I love it. It's pretty insane. (laughs) Hey, I had a question for you guys. If I were to row on a row machine in the gym, how long would I have to row for to make it to Kauai? Do you know? Um, We'd say 60 days. (laughs) (laughs) You should try it and let us know, Karen, how long it takes you to do 2,800 miles on a rowing machine. (laughs) You know what's funny is like I do like, a thousand meter row and i'm like oh i don't really want to do this anymore it's so gnarly but i go as hard and as fast as i can it's also known as the torture machine that's what we call it (laughs) do you guys use that oh yeah (laughs) it's pretty much the best land training you can get yeah that's sick what have you girls been up to since we last talked So we recently got back from England. Um, We were in Burnham-on-Crouch at Aurora Sea School, um, learning all things first aid, uh, VHF radio, sea survival, navigation, weather routing, knots. So um, really a lot of the things in the knowledge we'll need to be successful at sea. Um, obviously, you know, the physical component is there, but just as much there's that technical and um, mental side that we need to be prepared for. How long was that schooling? It was one week training course in uh, Burnham on Crouch, Essex, which is actually, if anyone's been to England, Burnham on Crouch kind of sits on the east side of England, just north of London. Uh, and it's such a sweet little coastal town. And it's actually the hub of ocean rowing. So it's also where our boat will be made. It's where we did our training course. When you go down to the marina, you see a bunch of ocean rowing boats. So it's just such a great place to be surrounded by an amazing community and feel the spirit of the ocean. So yeah, it was epic. That's epic. I didn't know that. I guess, so rowing's huge over there. 
I'd say it's bigger in England, like ocean rowing, um, but we're bringing it closer to home by doing the Pacific and not the Atlantic. I guess that let's divvy it up between you two and let's go over like training, sea survival, EMS stuff that you've learned and um, give me like a rundown on the class in depth of like what you guys went over for that week period. Yeah, so we started um, on day one. We started with, and Jenny, let me know if I'm wrong here, but uh, first aid course. You got it. And, okay, it's, it's been a, a blur now the past few weeks, but we started with first aid. And you're probably thinking, what on earth can really go wrong on an ocean rowing boat? But I'd say there are really three kind of main risks um, and reasons why you needed first aid when rowing across an ocean. The first is... When I crossed the Atlantic, I didn't have a shower in 43 days. So that means we will not be having a shower during the Pacific either. So personal hygiene is really an essential part of just knowing how to clean yourself with baby wipes, with pseudocreme, uh, Vaseline for salt sores and blisters, trying to keep dry as much as you can, which sounds insane when you know waves are splashing over the side of your boat and you can't get away from water. Uh, so personal hygiene is definitely number one. The second is actually there's a huge risk of head injuries. So when you're there on a 24 foot boat amongst these 60 foot waves, uh, you can capsize, you can pitch pull, which is when you capsize vertically as opposed to horizontally. And if you imagine you're not the one rowing, but you're the one in the cabin, you can just you might be sleeping and just hit your head. Uh, it could knock you unconscious. So we kind of had to learn these drills of how to um, actually be able to accommodate for that. And if you have a teammate down, you need to be able to know all of your equipment on board that boat. And then the third really main risk of first aid is this sounds crazy, but have you ever come across marlins? Like those blue marlins? I don't know. I think they're curious about ocean rowers and they come up close and maybe they're feeding for fish or something and they just spear right into the bottom of so yeah, we'll be sleeping one day and then hopefully not, but a marlin could potentially spear us and it could also cause a puncture wound. And then you'd have to kind of use a tourniquet and dress the wound, remove the strike. And um, yeah, so we'll need to take everything first aid, like antibiotics, cream, painkillers, etc., on our boat and just make sure we have everything we need to survive uh, at sea for 60 days. Jenny, what about like navigation and stuff? I feel like um, that one takes a huge part in what you guys are doing with like radios and communication with everyone. And obviously like knowing exactly where to go. Mm -hmm. So our second day was really focused on VHF radio. So we got our short range certificate, um, essentially meaning we now know how to use our radio to call other ships, the Coast Guard and marinas um, by either routine digital selective calling or undesignated emergency calls. Uh, so this includes how to call a distress or mayday call, an urgency or pan-pan call, or a safety or security call. Um, our boat will also have a chart plotter, which is equipped with automatic identification system or AIS. Um, and this is what we'll use to get info and positioning of other boats. So no. I can track you on AIS then? Yeah, yeah, for no sure. No way, that's sick. Mm -hmm. It's funny because 
in the fishing world, we always use AIS to figure out where all the big boats are because that's where the tune are. You're like, oh, yeah, the big boats are over there. But now I'm going to be like, I got United Row, dude, we're on. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, like, you could have our MMSI, which is basically our phone number, and use that to track us. Um, my sister, she's actually a dentist in the Navy. Um, and she'll be deployed on USS Essex around the same time and will be the only dentist on board. So I got her MMSI number and um, we'll, we'll be tracking her. I don't know how close we want to get because we are literally like a little pool floaty out in the middle of the ocean compared to them. But um, that will be really cool. What about like weather forecasts and stuff? Are you just staying in communication with land the whole entire time, like getting forecasts and updates? Yeah. So our plan is to have someone or multiple people on land who are our weather routers. Um, we will know how to read the weather and um, make adjustments for that. But as you can imagine, we're going to be pretty focused on rowing. Um, and the last thing we want to do is trying to be reading weather charts and, you know, adjusting our heading and uh, figuring out, you know, which way we need to adjust. So we'll have um, one or two people probably on land who's going to provide that those updates throughout the day of, you know, the main thing is wind, wind speed and direction. Um, and of course, you know, any rain or storms coming our way. So that's another thing we'll need to adjust for um, as we're rowing. We'll be able to set waypoints um, on our auto helm, which will adjust our rudder to the heading. However, if the wind is too strong, it can easily overtake that and throw us off course. When people say this is a marathon, not a race, this is a marathon, not a race. Like, what is your guys' plan on for like paddling and like switching off with each other and stuff like that? Yeah. So what you just said, Kieran, it's it's so true. People think like, oh, you're rowing an ocean. You know, it's as simple as getting in a boat, getting some oars, and then you're on your merry way. But the reality is there's so much more that goes into it. Like the first aid, the weather, knowing how to tie knots, learning how to navigate, read your chart plotter, uh, know which way your compass you should be heading. Um, but the hardest part for us is definitely going to be the first two weeks. So we're rowing 2,800 miles and that first kind of 800 to 1,000 is actually really, really challenging conditions. The winds, uh, they actually, they're called the Santa Ana uh, winds. They want to push you south towards Mexico as opposed to west towards Hawaii. So we're going to be battling that. Typically, we would row in two hours on, two hours off. Um, so one of us is on the oars and then we would rotate. Um, but we need to maybe play around with our, our game plan for that first uh, two weeks there and, and see what's going to make our boat the strongest to be able to push away from from uh, California as quickly as possible. Has your boat been coming along pretty good? You guys you guys are getting a boat made, right? Or do you have it made? We're we buying, buying a second-hand second boat. boat. It's currently, currently in Antigua. Um, we're hoping to have it here by the end of August, which will be so exciting because um, then we'll be able to finally kit it out, take it out um, and, you know, get off the erg and get out of the gym a little bit and onto the water. Do you get yeah. seasick, Karen? Uh No, not at all. Okay, good. You can come on board. We'll take you out <laughs> from experience day or something. <laughs> that would be so gnarly. So how how is like the actual inside of that boat? How big is it? 
So the boat is 24 feet and the majority of that space is actually deck space, uh, which is where you're exposed. You're sitting there. We've got two rowing positions and you're really exposed to all the elements, the sun, the rain, the storms. Um, and then on either side, we've got our bow cabin and our stern cabin. They are the equivalent of laying in your bathtub and then putting a bathtub on top of you. That's kind of what it feels like. It is so claustrophobic. There's no kitchen or galley. There's no toilet, uh, no TV, nothing really of interest. But the bow will be used mostly for our um, life raft and our storage. So our life jackets, um, ropes if we need more rope, uh, our first aid kit we'll keep in there as well. Um, our sea survival suits, just in case we are having to uh, abandon ship and you know be in our life rough, we'll have everything we need us and that grab bag, which hopefully is enough to survive in that life raft. And then the stern cabin, that's where we'll rotate and both of us will sleep. And that's where we have our AIS, our Raymarine, in case a boat is nearby, we'll be able to communicate with them. And also a bunch of pictures of friends, families, quotes, like a crossword a day. I don't know, anything to keep our mind stimulated. Salt life stickers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything to like keep you guys functioning, right? I feel like that's so gnarly. 60 days on the water is going to be um, such a mind game for you girls. And like, if I did four days in the water, it'd be a mind game for me because I'm so ADHD, but it's, it's like, it's such a trip. It's so crazy to think that you girls are doing that. Like, it's so amazing to me. And it's going to be even better when you guys finish. I want to get like the whole salt life team to fly to Hawaii and like just cruise and like wait for you guys to come in. That'd be so sick. But in regards to like, food and drinks and all that stuff like do you guys have like an onboard desalination thing for water or like what like how does all that work with like food and water as you can imagine we can't take enough water um or or our boat will sink so we will have a desalinator on board um so we'll be taking that salt water uh removing the salt and minerals and drinking that throughout our row um and that's an essential piece of equipment. Without that, we don't have hydration. Um, we will have a hand pump on board in case anything uh, goes wrong with our desalinator. However, that's certainly a last resort because the energy you're using to actually pump that water um, is more than you're actually getting in terms of hydration. Uh, and then in terms of food, we are expected to burn about 10,000 calories a day so I don't know if you've ever eaten 10,000 calories in a day, but that's a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> so you're eating like every hour. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to pack them into highly um, calorie dense, you know, those freeze freeze dried foods and snacks. Um, and we'll be consuming those throughout the row. Um, hopefully as long as we're, we're not seasick. What are your girls biggest worries about this trip? Horrible question to ask, but I want to know. Not knowing how to fish. <laughs> Are you bringing fishing rods? Maybe. Why not? I feel like it would be fun. And I think we brought this up last time. If any listeners know how to fish, like, please send some tips our way. Maybe just, can you just like throw a line or like rope or something? I, I really have no idea, but it would be really cool to catch a fish. So not get speared by a marlin. That's my biggest fear, but being able to like get the marlin or something and there is this uh, legendary French man named Alan Bombard, who 
1952, um, he rowed across the Atlantic Ocean in this little small rubber boat, um, 65 days with no provisions. Um, all he did, he hunted his entire way across, just eating plankton um, and using the salt water. So we know it's possible. Um, and as a last resort, we, you know, we, we should learn how to fish. <laughs> you guys will be professional at fishing. Like it's going to be insane because all you do is learn your knots or tying a lure on or whatever, or put an iron on the back or something, just drag Drag a plug behind you and you're going to be getting fish, especially once you get into the warm water. What kind of knots do you normally use when you're fishing? There's so many different types of knots you can okay. roll. Like, it's insane. I'll, I'll send you guys a, a sick app, a fishing knot app. Like, it's the coolest thing ever. And you can look on there and figure out what you want to do. You're like, oh, we're going to use live bait. Okay, cool. I'm going to tie this or whatever with this hook. I don't, there's so much that goes into it, but... It might take us 80 days if we have that, though. <laughs> we'll be fishing for 20 and rowing for 60. Yeah. What are these girls doing? <laughs> so what about, like, currents and everything? Because I think a lot of people don't understand, like, how crazy the ocean really is. Like, when you look at the ocean and you see perfect glassy conditions, that's not true. Like, it's not going to be like that the whole time. And if it is like that, and you got wind behind you, you guys are so stoked. You're going to make it in like 25 days. But um, there are so many different current changes and, you know, kelp patties and stuff that you're going to have to look out for the whole entire time. Like, what is, what is your mindset on that? And like, what kind of training have you guys done in regards to all of that stuff, like actual water activity? So one of the... Um courses that we were on during this training course was about navigation and part of that also consisted of weather routing and currents and understanding the tide changes uh it definitely helped with or is helping with our training because a lot of the training we're going to be doing around here in charleston in south carolina in florida and around the local area just just off of the shore so we're kind of getting the waves but not really to the extent of those huge waves that you see out in the middle of the ocean but when we're training, we have to understand the tides, the neap tides, spring tides, what's happening. Is the current taking us out? Is it pulling us in? Um, so in a way, actually, the ocean side of things will be easier, but the waves will be massive. When you think of waves, you go to the beach and, you know, you watch them come in and then you watch them go out. But out there, it's it's a whole new ball game, really, and especially the Pacific. Um we also have to get in every three days to clean the bottom of our boat because uh, barnacles will just stick. We're going so slowly that they cause drag and they stick to our boat. Um, obviously, you can't get in and clean it when the waves are massive. So we'll have to hopefully uh, have some slower days and slower conditions, but we'll just learn to handle our boat and handle it as well in the pitch black when you can't see a wave coming, but you can maybe feel it and during that time in the row, you eventually just learn to understand, okay, I feel like a wave's coming this way. Let's maybe move the rudder five degrees or something. So on the back, you guys obviously have a rudder. When you say that you can set your waypoint, like, will that automatically change direction in regards to where you set your waypoint? Or is that manual? Or are you guys having to change that? So we'll set our waypoint um, and then our rudder will automatically adjust. Um, but it can't account for everything. So, you know, we are moving pretty slowly, you know, two to two to four knots on average. 
Um, and if there is strong winds and current, that rudder alone isn't going to be able to hold our position. Um, so in those cases, that's where both Anna and I might need to get on the oars, or we might need to be just rowing with uh, one arm only on our starboard side for a couple hours to really make sure we're maintaining that heading. Um, last case resort, we will have foot steering. Um, that's definitely, you know, last resort because you are at that point um, controlling the rudder with a string tied to your, your foot pedals, um, but that is there as well. And then we'll also be bringing our maps. So our Admiralty and MRA charts, um, we'll have those on board and every day we'll be plotting our course along the way and making sure we are uh, hitting those waypoints and staying on course as much as possible. What about battery life and stuff like that? Do you have solar panels on the boat to be able to keep your electronics good to go? Yeah, so uh, obviously the longer you're out at sea, the more risk there is of things going wrong. Uh, we have solar panels, we have batteries. Um, that's how everything is charged is through solar. Uh, we'll also want to take with us some handhelds, like battery packs for our phone, potentially, or for a camera, GoPro, things like that, in case our batteries do go down. But we don't want to be there out there any longer than we need to, just because of that risk of more things going wrong and then having to fix it. I'm glad I'm going with an engineer, though. <laughs> so rad. It sounds like such an insane thing and like such a crazy trip but once you girls are done with it you're going to be like okay where are we going next like do you guys have any plans on after you do finish this like what you want to do next i cannot think beyond this row to be honest <laughs> but who knows i'm i think this will be the only one but you know anna caught the bug after the atlantic so can only time will only much tell. my family's dismay <laughs> I'm getting married in July and uh, I think my fiance is like, can we just like, why do you have to do this row, you know, but he's so supportive. But at the same time, there's just so many things happening. And it is it is really a full time job. Uh, it's not just the rowing, which is what people think of. It's also the getting to the start line, the fundraising, building a website making contracts with sponsors like somehow we've become a lawyer like i don't know how that happened i didn't go to school for <laughs> law but um you really it's like starting your own company but then we also are doing it for a cause and we're doing it to empower women and girls to follow their dreams and to provide a scholarship as part of hear her roar for clemson university uh so people can continue their education and the um sports and athleticism and learn leadership skills so we just hope that, yeah, people recognize that. And we, if you're in your area and, you know, you're at school, whatever it is, like, let us know, because we would love to come, like, bring our boat and just meet your community, meet what your passions are and, and share more of the story with you guys, too. Something you say, Karen, you're like, oh, this is so crazy. This is wild. And yeah, it is. But Anna and I are very normal people. You know, we rode at college. But beyond that, we're we're no professional athletes. We're no, you know, Olympic medalists. Um, but we just have this dream and we're prepared to give everything it takes to go after it. Um, whether that means selling our car for a down payment on a boat or whatever it may be, but, um, really just want to share that, like we are normal people and that you can do stuff like this and it's crazy, but as long as you set your mind to it, like go after it, it can happen. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's such an amazing point given right there. Like anything you want to do, you can do it. People have done it before or people do it now. Like it's doable, right? Um, and making sure that you keep that mindset. Like a lot of people just get washed up and like, oh, I, it sounds awesome, but I can't do it. Like you girls are putting it to the point and you're making it happen. Like this is determination and that's what you have in your hearts. And that's super rad to see. And that's why like, obviously the whole Salt Life family is just so stoked and frothed up for this. Like every time I hear about it, I'm like, this is so sick. Of course, I think it's crazy. I'm like, dude, paddling that far is insane. Like I row a raft down the river for three days and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, oh, I, I'm kind of over this now. I want to go home. But no, it's just, it's rad. It's so cool. And you're right. You don't need to be a professional athlete. You don't need to be an, an Olympic gold medalist to do anything. Just get out there and start doing it. And I think that's a huge point to be given here. And we couldn't, we couldn't do it without Salt Life. We couldn't do it without the community, our friends, our family, and all of the people who we don't even know who have donated to um, United Row. So it's really because of everyone out there. Um, and Salt Life especially, this sounds kind of crazy, but your gear is so fun and vibrant and it just brings like life to us and to everyone that when you're out there in the middle of an ocean, you're so bored and you're like, oh man, like I just need something fun to look at or like yeah. something to bring me some joy. And we just got some like Hawaiian printed um, uh, gear from Salt Life. And then also you guys just came out with our United Row shirts. So we will definitely be repping those shirts all the way across the Pacific. So if you want one, Karen, or whoever else wants I'll one, rep one, they are so cool. And they've got like a Hawaii print on the back. And yeah, they're really tropical vibes. They are all Hawaiian vibes. So we got the little rowboat in there. We got the tropical flowers, the ocean, the mountains. Um, the designers did an absolutely incredible job. So uh, if you haven't checked them out, please check them out. Um, they definitely help Anna and I get to the start line. Um, if you go to saltlife.com and search United Row, you can easily find them. Um, so check them out, get a shirt and, and then send us, tag us in a selfie or something and we'll post it. Is this the give back tea? It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they literally made this t-shirt specifically for this. That's so sick. It really it's is. Insane. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. I love so at the that. finish line, everyone can be there repping Salt Life. Yeah. I hope that happens. That'll be so rad. Um, so what are the next steps in regards to to this adventure? So get our boat here. That's that's number one. Um we have it all squared away now. We know that being a secondhand boat, it's gonna require some renovations and a little bit of work. Um, so we need a really go through that boat, uh, bow to stern, ins and outs, and see what we need to update, what we need to upgrade, what we need to change, what we need to fix. Uh, and that's really essential before we even take the boat out on the water. Uh, once we have that all squared away, then we'll start getting into our training rows. Um, and that includes more than just rowing. So when we're out there, we're also going to be practicing man overboard drills. We're going to be practicing uh, deploying our para anchor. Uh, we'll be practicing tying our knots, um, you know, grabbing our vegan devices and all of that will be encompassed in that water training. Have you ever heard of a jet boil? Um, yes, I have to make coffee and stuff. Yeah, so this is a random story, but 
uh, when my brother and I, for the Atlantic training, we went on our first training row and, you know, we just got our boat. We felt so proud, but we had basically nothing on board. So we went to our local grocery store, like get some crisps or chips and, um, I don't know, some snacks, some water bottles, uh, but not ocean rowing style. Like you can't just hop on to the grocery store when you're in the middle of the Pacific. Anyway, we get out there and he brought some coffee, uh, for this jet boil and he, you know, he's put some water in this jet boil and we're there kind of amongst the waves sloshing around. And he looks, he's like, oh, Anna, where are the matches? And I was like, matches? Like, why on earth would I bring matches on a brand new boat that we just paid so much money for? Like, we <laughs> set the thing on fire. So anyway, we were out there for a week and we had nothing to heat food with, nothing to boil water for coffee or teas. And we got a real more... Uh, a, very much more um, ocean rowing experience because in the Atlantic or in the Pacific for Jenny and I, we're not going to be able to do any of that stuff yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, so don't bring matches. You're like, can I, can I get a flat white from Starbucks real quick? Oh wait, yeah. no, that, we can't do that. <laughs> so rad. Well, I'm stoked for you girls. It's going to be such a fun adventure. I seriously, like every single time I talk to you, I'm like, I can't wait to just experience you guys finishing finishing where wherever i am in the world like i would just want to experience that and like support that like it's so cool and i'm so stoked for you girls it's going to be an amazing 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 time thanks so much kieran thanks Kira. thank you salt life yeah thank you salt life for sure it's so fun and it's fun too that i get to do this thank you for salt life for letting me do these podcasts and like experience this and talk to everybody about this it's so fun Girls, what um, you guys obviously have Instagram United Row. Um, give us a little shout out on that and social media to be able to follow you. And also, how can we follow you throughout a AIS? <laughs> so on uh, AIS, we'll need to get you our MMSI, or we'll have much easier. Um, we'll have a dot watcher which you can track on our website or our social media. So. Um, from that dot watcher, you can see where we're at. You can see our speed, uh, which will give you a little insight on the conditions. You might say, oh, hey, they just hit, you know, 10 knots. They must be surfing or, hey, they're going 0.5 knots. They are really struggling out there in the wind. So uh, we'll definitely have that all set up before our row. And uh, please do follow along. Uh, we are on Instagram at united.row. We're also, our website is unitedrow.org. So please do follow, support, um, donate, everything helps. Rad. Awesome. Well, thank you for hopping on with us and we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Hopefully, hopefully I'm talking to you guys in Hawaii. That'd be really cool. Or in the middle of the Pacific. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks girls. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. Kieran. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to today's podcast. We'll catch you next time. See you, girls. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.